welcome to Meet the PAs podcast. Hear the experiences of seasoned PAs, up and coming development of policy from industry leaders, and the exploration of those new to the career. Interviews done with a Canadian twist at Maple Syrup. Actually, at the Kappa conference right now, so it's a busy week for you. <laughs> it sure is. I don't think people uh, understand uh, generally how much work goes into pulling a weekend together like this. So it's uh, uh, the staff and, and I certainly have uh, been pretty focused on this for months. For uh, mu- and this is the biggest turnout we've had yet. Is that correct? It is. I think I think officially by number, but also by revenue. So when we look at the um, uh, the money that we've collected from uh, registration fees, but more importantly from sponsorships and things like that, we're actually uh, uh, hitting a home run more than uh, uh, ever before. So we're pretty excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're excited too. It's actually been a great conference. A lot really of good. people have turned out. The, the speakers and presentations have uh, been very good. So from our individual <laughs> perspective, we're happy too. Well, do you know, I think it's... Um, I think it would be easy to kind of try to pull one thing out and say, oh, that's the reason why. Oh, like we're in Ottawa, it's 150th anniversary, or, you know, the, the program is that good. I, I liken it to all of those things, but most importantly, uh, I think we're, we've been gaining so much ground as far as awareness of the association. I think the members are starting to see a change in the way we're communicating with them. Uh, they're getting more value for money, so I think there's we've, we've uh, improved the program, but also the credits that go with it. So I think I think collectively all of those things are really helping us uh, get more people here, get better speakers here, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, we would 100% agree with that. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about your position with Kappa. How long have you been with Kappa, and and how did you even come to know the organization? That's a good question, and I should have a really specific answer as to when I started. That shouldn't be the trick question in all of this. Uh, I think I think it was September 2014 that I started as executive director of Kappa, uh, which is a mouthful if you say executive director of the Canadian Association of Physician uh-huh. Assistants. I don't like saying that too often. Uh, so I started in uh, September 2014. Uh, do you know, I, um, I got to know Kappa a little bit uh, when I worked at the Ontario Medical Association. I was the Executive Director of Public and Corporate Affairs mm-hmm. at the OMA for 10 years. Uh, and through that, I developed a relationship with uh, Tim Ralph uh, and Zlata, who were the President and Vice President at the time, and with the, the, the former Executive Director. And I, I have to be honest with you, I, hadn't, I didn't have a plan to, to come and uh, start to help out Kappa. It was. I felt it was just part of what um, what I could do to help sort of help build the OMA up and help uh, with the reputation of the OMA. So I helped them out with a few things, from uh, helping them with uh, some media relations and some government relations advice. But also, and I can't take credit for it, but also at that time, I think the contract in 2013, while I was still at the OMA, we we were able to change in Ontario. 
the uh, family health team contracts so that physician assistants would, would be allowed to uh, have access to that funding. To yes. the Allied Health Professional Funding, yep. yes. So that was a big win for Kappa. Uh -huh. Again, I wasn't doing it because I had this master plan to come and work uh, <laughs> with Kappa, but that's, that's sort of how the introductions came. So since you brought up the OMA, yes. let's talk about them for a minute. Because I think, uh, well, they're, they're obviously under a bit of a crisis right now, or they're trying to manage through that. And ultimately, that ends up affecting PAs substantially, because if, they, if, if collectively the physicians don't feel that, that they're supported, they have a very difficult time going to support another profession as well. So how do you feel that we can bridge the gap and, um, I mean, maybe you feel that these organizations are already working very well together? From my perspective, it feels like there's a gap and maybe that's a lot of because there are also fractures in their organization. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think um, the whole healthcare system suffers when government and doctors don't work well together and that's uh, relationships in hospitals, it's relationships in other institutions, it's relationships with other providers who uh, who, who sort of sense the, uh, the negativity that's flowing through the veins of most doctors these days. You know, I, I uh, of course I have a bias because I spent so much time working with doctors. I think uh, right across the country doctors are suffering from people pointing to them as being the, the people who are responsible mm. for the increases in healthcare or when the system isn't working. And I, frankly, I don't think it's very fair. It's not fair. Um, no, I agree. It's not fair. I think there's lots of places where we need to improve the healthcare system, and, and doctors may be one of those areas, but I frankly, I don't think it's the most important area. In fact, it's probably far down the list. I think doctors are largely uh, using bandages and things like that to hold, their, hold the system together in mm. lots of places. As far as our relationship with the OMA, I think it's pretty good. I mean, they've certainly been distracted, as has government been distracted by other things, but we've had lots of meaningful conversations with uh, the CEO at the OMA, the few people who sit on the negotiations team at the OMA, um, and, and of course with government we, we have lots of conversations as well. And I can tell you that we're seeing some progress on both sides about their willingness to think about how collectively, now that they're back at the table, how they can help uh, our profession with funding. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that will translate into, right. but I'm uh, quite optimistic that uh, at least they're talking uh, about us in some small way, which I think is important. Right. When in talking to people in Ontario, there's a lot of family physicians who say, I want a PA, I don't know how to integrate. And even when there's help from CAFA to help integrate, they feel very confused from on their end on how to integrate. Do you feel that that the OMA is also collectively collaborating to help to help those those individual practices understand how the physician needs to run the business side of things to keep it there. Yeah, I mean, let's we shouldn't forget the OMA was largely responsible for the introduction of PAs and the model that first existed. And I can't say I know a whole lot about it, but there was a, a tripartite group between. Uh, I think it was tripart. I don't. I, frankly, I don't know if Kappa was involved, but between <laughs> the OMA and the and the ministry, to work on supervisory fees and things like that, and how they would inter how they would roll out the. I think we called it a demonstration project mm -hmm. in Ontario. Yes, it, it was. Been, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what was the other part of your question? Oh, yeah. resources for yeah. physicians. Do you know? I think there's there's lots of resources for physicians. We found so the OMA has stuff. We've certainly developed lots of things yes. and. 
Um, one of our uh, outstanding members, I'll call her Ann Dang, has even <laughs> produced a website with Slata actually where they uh, offer resources and support to physicians. We found, um, working with the OMA, we've, got a, we've had a couple of articles in their material medical review where, where we've got physicians acting or uh, espousing the benefits of hiring the PA that they've hired. And to me, that's the best way to have physicians talking to physicians. So I think yeah, we need to do more of that. More we that. need to continue to do that. Uh, I think you're right. There's, I think lots of physicians still don't understand what PAs are. It's helping them through the process, which is so complicated in Ontario. With the, so yeah. they, want, they want a blueprint model of step yeah. here, step one, here, step two, yeah. here, step three. I think regulation will help that. You're probably going to ask me about that at some point mm -hmm. in time. <laughs> So we're making some progress on regulation. I think reg regulation will set some parameters around those things and make the process simpler. Uh, the ministry is certainly talking about introducing some templates from their perspective, which uh, might might uh, bring some uh, simplicity to how physicians can go about doing this. But not your ministry templates would bring simplicity. Fair enough. Yeah. That's why. That's why I said might twice. But. I think there is a willingness on the ministry's part to think about how they can improve that. You know, we know in family health teams, for example, uh, there's lots of funding which we talked about, um, and I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but it, I think there's like 3,000 allied health professionals or 2,500 allied health professionals that are hired in family health teams, and I think only about 60 of them are PAs. When you think about that, that's that's something we can we need we, to change, need to change and that's that. not a funding problem. That's uh, an awareness of how PAs work and a willingness of um, uh, family health teams to consider PAs in a, instead of some of the other professionals that they're using. So, and we know that they're working really well in family health teams. Mm -hmm. But that's an example I think where collectively with the ministry, us and Yome and AFTO organizations like AFTO, the, the Association of Family Health Teams of Ontario, uh, we can make some progress there. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so uh, moving on to the next hot topic of the hour, which is unions. And I know that there's, you know, you've already spoken extensively about it here at the conference. And there's also limited information that you can give at this moment because we're waiting for further advice. Right? Yeah. So with understanding that, within that construct, could you kind of summarize and explain the union issue that we're having in Ontario? That is a mouthful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll try to keep it simple because I'm certainly not a lawyer. I've learned a lot more than I ever wanted to about these things, but OPSU made a claim on the Ottawa Hospital PAs. I think it started eight or nine years ago. Um, and OPSU is? Uh, the Ontario Public Service Employee Union, yeah. I think. And so. I might have that wrong. I, no, I think no, that's, that's right. right. Okay. I think that's right. And then they, so they are currently representing a variety of professions. In the, so I, yeah, this is where if you ask me too many questions, I'm not going to get. That's them, I'm right. not going to get it right. So that's they, right. the has several, as most unions, they have uh, uh, little units. I think they have used a different word, but locals. So they have one in the Ottawa Hospital. In the Ottawa Hospital, they have the rights to the paramedical staff. Lab techs, RTs, paramedics. Yes, thank you for that. And eight or nine years ago, they made a claim that the uh, physician assistants were in fact paramedical staff and therefore should fall under the, their bargaining unit. Uh, and the Labor Relations Board reviewed that for a long time, I think six, seven years. And a year and a half ago or so, they uh, determined that in fact the PAs were paramedical staff. 
uh, and therefore fell under that collective bargaining agreement. I, I think there's lots of different uh, theses on how or why uh, Opsu did this. There's There are people who think this was a money grab for them, and I, frankly speaking, it doesn't make sense to me. I think we're talking about eight or nine PAs in Ottawa. Right, it won't add up. It's yeah, and they, they, I think this was more about uh, laying claim on their territory in, in the Ottawa Hospital as far as that paramedical definition. So uh, we think they, we think they got it wrong. Uh, we don't, we don't think uh, PAs are in fact paramedical staff. They don't practice like any of the other professionals there. They practice. Uh, They're medical. Yeah, yeah. They practice like physicians do, uh, as we know well and. Uh, I assume the people who listen to this know that well. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, that was that was the decision that was made a year and a half ago or so. The Ottawa Hospital uh, decided to appeal that decision. Uh, we could get standing in that decision because, as I understand it, judicial reviews, which is what they call it, you can't introduce new testimony or new information. You can just call into question how that how the information that was produced was reviewed. So. I think our mistake, um, and it was b before my time, and I, I don't think it's fair to cast uh, a blame on anybody else. At, at the time, the decision was made that we should keep ourselves out of these matters. I can't tell you the specifics of why that decision was made, but I think that was probably, in retrospect, uh, that was something we should have taken uh, some ownership in and participated in. Um, nevertheless, the judicial review uh, was completed a month ago, three weeks ago, and confirmed, I use the word confirmed, the earlier decision that was made. So nothing will change in Ottawa, in Ottawa for the short to medium term, maybe even the long term. And I, you know, I, I can say that I don't understand as a citizen how a union can lay claim on uh, a profession. Un to unwilling people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's always confusing to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's the way our. Us as well. Yeah, that's the and I I can't explain why that is other than that's the way our labor relations board works. So obviously. So what happens next? So what happens next? And lots of concerns. Is this going to spread through Ontario? If it spreads through Ontario, does it spread to other provinces? And I guess we're going to find out. Uh, yeah, and there's no. I don't have a definitive answer to that. I'm, I'm being transparent and honest with you. We know that there are PAs practicing in other hospitals. Uh, we know that OPSU is, has similar uh, agreements in other hospitals. Uh, we don't know how quickly they will move. We assume that they will act. So what we have done, um, there's lots of different uh, options available to us. There's, we, we think there's two options available to us at this time. One is to look at creating our own uh, associ trade association of some sort, unionizing, uh, which is what they did in Manitoba. Uh, the other is to consider other um, like-minded trade associations to see if there's a place for us there. Uh, we know that the the board has spent lots of conversations, has had lots of conversations mm -hmm. about this, and we know that the the third option, which is to do nothing, is not is an unacceptable option, an option for us. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't give a whole lot of answers at this moment, but we are engaged with a uh, a labor lawyer. I'll call him, who is one of the few um, uh, labor lawyers in in Ontario who does this kind of work. Because lawyers either work for employers or they work for unions, uh, so it's a small group of people that work uh, in this little niche area 
that I just spoke about. So we're acting as quickly as we can to, to seek his counsel on uh, where we go from here. It's cold comfort probably at this moment for the Ottawa Hospital PAs. It certainly leaves uh, a lot of uncertainty for PAs practicing in other hospitals, but uh, our best advice is to hang tight and get <coughs> advice out as quickly as we can. Yeah, so you don't have like an, an estimated time frame of when you might have no. more info with this no. lawyer. I wish yeah. I did. I just, I don't want to... Uh, Be incorrect uh, with this. Yeah. I understand that. The next thing on our list here is talking about moving this profession across Canada, really integrating it to other provinces and territories. Bring us up, to, I know you have been traveling and talking to other places, bring us up to speed on how we're doing with that and some specific challenges that we're running into. You know, an example is New Brunswick. I think a lot of us are very confused what happened there and why we, it seemed everything was going great. We have regulation, we have funding models, the results of the two PAs in the ER there were excellent, mm -hmm. and then it stalled. Are you from the East Coast? No. Oh, no, I'm from the things? States. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're trying to educate ourselves as good. Great. So, uh, and then it stalled for so long, right? <clears throat> so I think you know that that province. There's a little bit of confusion as to what happened there, and uh, moving forward, you know, getting us into to territories and provinces in the civilian sector, and moving through the politics of that. So, so let me let me take you back to when I first started. Um, I started meetings with governments um, in a handful of provinces and places. I think we were in Halifax the first year I started. The, the one thing that we were missing, we, we certainly could speak anecdotally about uh, the value of PAs and the great work that they're doing, but we didn't have a Canadian-based study uh, that uh, really spoke in uh, quantitative terms about the value of PAs and how they practice. So as PAs, we all we understand that value. Not that I'm a PA, but but I still use <laughs> we. Um, so we went out uh, pretty quickly. The board agreed to invest some money, and we hired the Conference Board of Canada to uh, be sponsored, I'll call it, um, to do a, an extensive study on the value of PAs and how they're working, uh, and how they can contribute better to the Canadian healthcare system. So we've just finished that last piece. Uh, and I would encourage people to go uh, review uh, on our website but the, you know, that's really helped as we go across the country, mm -hmm. being able to dem or show them and speak, speak their language a little bit, data about how PAs can contribute better and how they're contributing already. Um, so we have been focused on British Columbia, mm -hmm. um, largely because we're doing work in the, on the East Coast, we're doing work in most provinces, we just spend some time in Quebec. But we, we feel that BC is uh, where we're going to get the best return on investment. It's the biggest province without PAs. They're quite similar in lots of ways to uh, Ontario and Manitoba and places like that. So we've been working hard in BC. We've had a couple of lobby days in BC. We've met with um, the past government and the new government we'll be meeting with on November 6th and 7th uh, in Victoria. Uh, so we're hopeful there. Uh, that we'll see some progress. Uh, most know that uh, we had some great success in Alberta. It's been a little uh, slow to, it was quick, uh, quick moving and has sort of slowed down a little bit, but we got a, a confirmation from the new Minister of Health uh, that they are continue to be quite supportive of moving forward. They've just had some problems with their uh, legislative calendar, I think. So we're hoping that uh, things will proceed quickly next year. Alberta's had a rough, rough year. Yeah, they've got other distractions happening for sure. 
uh, to your specific question on New Brunswick, yeah, it's it's kind of a mystery. Um, <laughs> two two are there; they're working great. Um, I was there in the summer in Fredericton um, and met with the uh, the health authority, the central health authority, and, uh, and we met with the New Brunswick Medical Association. Pretty widespread support and absolutely great evidence that the PAs working in the emergency department in Fredericton are doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. But why not more? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, my guess is that it's just one of those things that was like a report was sitting on a, on a shelf collecting dust somewhere. Okay. Uh, and I think our hope is that by kind of dusting off uh, the conversation that's, that's happening about PAs that we'll, we'll see some progress. So okay. we got some good media attention. We got a cartoon in the local yeah. newspaper, which is pretty hard to get. To be honest with you, we didn't draft it ourselves, but we got. Uh, uh, I think we got some good good coverage for a couple of day visit. So we'll go back there this year and we'll see what happens. Excellent, excellent. The last kind of big topic that we want, I think we want to cover is the connection to other international PA groups, those in the UK and the Netherlands, and Germany, and Australia, Australia, like all the, the, these other ones that are popping up and, and growing. Are we connecting with them much? Are you spending much time with them? And what kind of discussions have been happening over reciprocity? Are there discussions over reciprocity, et cetera? It's a really good question. Uh, do you know, one of our challenges in the Canadian healthcare system is that we're closest to the American healthcare system. And just as Canadians don't think that they, we want to have the, the same system as the Americans, Americans don't think they want to have the same system as Canada, so I could pontificate on that for a while. <laughs> but the reason I make that point is the best example of where PAs are practicing is in fact in the U.S. The model works really well, the compensation model works really well, uh, and insurance companies uh, see the tremendous value in uh, allowing physicians to bill for delegated work at a discounted rate. Well, the PA bills, right? Uh, that is a really small. He, the Conference Board of Canada talked about that today. Yeah. I don't think that's actually true in most instances. Well, it's state by state, I yeah. believe, and I well, can you would know speak better to than this because I, I am a yeah, USPA. Okay. So it's state by state, but uh, typically they practice under their own license in most states, and so they end up the bill is directly associated with them. And in essence, the physician does have to be linked to it at some point in life. Yeah. But the the PA bills. It's associated with their license, and, um, and right. But the physician is employing the PA. Right. So yeah. then the money goes to the okay, company. Okay. So we're we're saying the same thing. The money right? goes to yeah. the company. It's just a, yeah, a minor. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So the physician's not billing on behalf of the PA. And the PA Fair is enough. The yeah. Director. At a discounted rate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the reason I make that point is, it's it doesn't so it doesn't work very well when we go to British Columbia or Alberta or Newfoundland or PEI and say, look at the American system, look how great it is, because people immediately say, what are you talking about? Uh, that's why it's been so important that we've made great relationships with the UK PA Association, with NAPA, the Netherlands Association of Physician Assistants with uh, Australia we've had a couple conversations with but those are the two that really stand out to me mm-hmm. they both I think the Netherlands introduced PAs I, sh- I shouldn't even get into the details because I'll get it wrong but both of them are relatively new in comparison to Canada uh, both are going all in on PAs 
understanding how they're implementing PAs and uh, how much quicker they're moving on PAs than we are is really helpful for, for me and for us when we go and have conversations with BC and PEI and Newfoundland. Because when I speak about the UK or the Netherlands, people listen differently than when I speak mm. about the US. Interesting. Oh, because they have their, their, their system, system is much more similar. Yeah. Than ours. Yeah. So that makes yeah. That just makes so there's sense. lots of differences. For example, in both the UK and the Netherlands, they pay almost exclusively uh, their PAs on a salary basis. Mm. I think that goes for physicians as well, generally speaking. So that doesn't really jive. But what does jive is. In the UK, I think within the next three years, they're going to be training, uh, graduating a thousand PAs a year. Shocking. Which is, and we're at 80. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we've been here, we've been around Yeah, it's crazy. So they see, they've seen the light. They see that PAs are uh, providing a tremendous value to the system. They see the demographic shift. And they're saying, we need PAs, we need more of them, and we need to train them quickly. The Netherlands is quite similar. They, I don't know the numbers specifically in the Netherlands. The Netherlands, are, uh, PAs are actually allowed to practice independently without a physician. We're not after that here in Canada, uh, but it sort of demonstrates their value. So we have been, uh, we've got a few of them. Uh, the NAFA president is here. Chris and I, uh, the president, uh, have been working hard on fostering those relationships mm -hmm. for lots of reasons, for all the reasons I said, but also we have, we have so much to learn from them. And uh, the more that we share, as a global community about the advancement of PAs, the better we all are. Agreed, agreed. Any discussions on reciprocity either way? So Canadian using their Canadian training to work overseas and vice versa? Uh, I This is where I get a little out of my comfort zone <laughs> on certification and things like okay, that. Okay, we no, no, it's okay. It yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm, it's just something that I haven't had to, we have smart people and I've been able to focus on other things. I know that the UK, is accepting Canadian trained PAs. We have, so I wouldn't call that reciprocity. In Canada, when you come here, you gotta write the exam. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think we'll think about changing that, but that's not a decision for me to make. That's a decision for our uh, certification body. But to they're make. eligible to certification. Exactly, yeah. Just something. Exactly. Just the US not is. Not something we have everywhere. <laughs> no, the US is a challenge. Uh, frankly speaking, and I don't think I'll get in trouble for, thing, for saying this, I'm, I want to keep our PAs here. Mm -hmm. I want to yeah. keep them practicing mm -hmm. here. I want to find them better jobs here. I want Absolutely. to get them paid more here. That's Absolutely. been my focus. So I'm not so interested in spending a lot of time figuring out how we can help our PAs go practice somewhere else. <laughs> that might, I, that might not be popular for PAs because I know there's lots who want to have different opportunities and be able to travel. Uh, but at this moment in time, it's not my personal priority. And the board will probably get a little mad at me for saying that, but I'm being uh, quite honest No, that makes it. sense because yeah. I mean, most Canadian PAs are going to continue to practice in yeah. Canada, so the focus should be on... Should be yeah, let's make Canada greener pasture yeah. for PAs and maybe we can start to recruit them from elsewhere. What is your the one or two things that you're really hoping to accomplish in the short term with NAFA? Uh, uh, BC, I'd love to see some progress yeah. in BC. I think that would be a, a huge victory for us. Ontario, we've been really focused on and the union thing is a, is a big distraction, but on uh, figuring out a better funding model in Ontario. Uh, but also getting regulation, and I'm, I'm really pleased we're getting some progress on those two things in Ontario. We are too. Yeah, I'm, uh -huh. yeah, and we didn't talk a lot about, it, but that's been a lot, a lot of time and energy on a lot of people's parts. So yeah. it hasn't amounted to anything tangible yet, but the signs are pointing uh, in the right direction now. And then BC, let's get, uh, let's get BC figured out. Let's get some training spots. Let's get some funding, and let's uh, 
let's get a program up and running. Yeah, I'm sure UBC would be a lovely place to be. Yeah. I know, I lived there. Okay. I lived there for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks for spending all this time and uh, uh, getting the word out to as many people as possible. We're grateful for it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. It's our little labor of love. Good. <laughs> Cheers. Meet the PA's podcast is sponsored by pahelpers.ca, where you can find all your Canadian exam prep needs. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit us at mtppodcast.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and we would love your feedback.